We've got a very interesting question today from Julian Gajate. He says, without using Revelation 19 verse 10 or Revelation 12:17, explain to me about the gift of prophecy. And what I'm going to do is to read Revelation 19 verse 10 and Revelation 12:17 just to give us a starting point. At this I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That was Revelation 19.10, now Revelation 12.17. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Julian, yes, thank you for that question. You're asking me to explain the gift of prophecy without reading or using the two texts that Ray has just read out. And I presume that you're actually asking that because they're two texts that Adventists quote to support the idea of a prophetic gift beyond the end of the biblical canon and particularly in the, the last days of this earth's history. So yes, we, we can do it. It's a shame we, you don't want us to use those two texts because they are, they are good ones. But there are other texts in the Bible that support exactly the same conclusion. For instance, in Paul's discussions on spiritual gifts, he includes the God-given ability to prophesy, and you, you can see all of that in 1 Corinthians 12 and verses 10 and 28 and 29, and also in Ephesians chapter 4, particularly verse 11. He talks there about gifts that are given to the church. They're not just given to the Bible writers, they're, they're given different gifts right across the body of the church and one of those is the gift of prophecy. It might be good to be aware of course that the word prophecy in the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, is used in a much wider application than predicting the future. That's that's just one part of it. But it's more about counsel for the present time, inspired revelation from God, uh, nurture and, and that kind of idea. But surely we're only using the New Testament here to support um, the point of view you're making here, Victor. We're not using the whole Bible. Well, if you'd like to go into the Old Testament, we can, and the, the prophet Joel is probably a good place to go to. He's got a section where he is, again, looking at the, the end of time, at the end of this earth's history. Chapter 2, verse 28 in his little book is actually entitled in the in the Good News Bible, in, in the heading in my Bible, The Day of the Lord. And I'll read it to you. It says, And afterwards I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. And so, right there in the Old Testament, there there is the case of saying, yes, beyond the biblical canon, prophecy is going to be a good and a positive thing at the end of this earth's history. Let's just jump back into the New Testament. Paul, he cautioned believers not to quench the Spirit or, or to despise prophecies. That's in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 and 20. And on the contrary, his advice was to really desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Again, the, the general term of prophecy, not just predicting the future. And that's 1 Corinthians 14 and, and verse 1. Well, that naturally leads us on to the next level. How do we know that a prophecy is actually from God? It's a good question you've asked there, Ray, and we should always be aware that there are true prophets and there are false prophets. Jesus pointed that out clearly in Matthew 24. And uh, the Bible gives some good ideas as to how to check whether a prophet is coming from God. 
I've, I've got four of them here. There's probably more than that, and these aren't particularly in any order of importance. Four points. The first one, the fruits, Matthew 7 and verses 16 and 20. Jesus says, you know, by their fruits you'll recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or, or figs from thistles? And so he's saying, you know, if a prophet comes and makes a prophecy, look at their lifestyle, look at the kind of results of what they're saying. And if it's positive and good and beneficial, then maybe this person is a prophet of God. If you see people becoming miserable or, or evil as a result, their prophecy is coming from somewhere else. Second one, quite simple really, Jeremiah 28 and verse 9. But the prophet who prophesies peace will be recognized as one truly sent by the Lord only if his prediction comes true. Point three, very important one to me, their consistency to the Bible, Isaiah 8 and verse 20, to the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. That's very important because, you know, I meet people today who say the Holy Spirit has spoken to me and told me that I should do X, Y, and Z. And I say, yes, but, you know, doesn't the Bible say A, B, and C? Oh, yes, but the Spirit is more important. Now, I've got to say, any prophets that I'm going to give any credence to is going to follow what the Bible says because I've learned to come and trust the Bible. And then the, the fourth point does that prophet confess Jesus Christ? And uh, we could read through First John 4 and the first three verses where John counsels us not to believe every spirit, but to test them whether they're from God, and particularly to recognize that, that they should acknowledge that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and that he's from God. Okay, Victor, those are very good tests, but surely all the inspired writings we need are right there in the Bible. We don't need anything extra. You're actually right. All we need to find out about God, to be saved, to have salvation, it's all there in the Bible. That's all we need to have. But God has given extra things as well, and it doesn't hurt us to take the extra things God has given. There were, even in the Old Testament, you, you can find people who were prophets and who were recognized by Bible writers as prophets, and yet their books don't appear there. Um, I'll just list their names, and if you want the references, you can go to our website or, or write into us there. There was Jasher, Samuel, Nathan, Gad, um, Ido, and even Isaiah wrote some things beyond his prophetic letter that we do find in the Bible. All of those mentioned there, and, you know, there are many prophets who haven't made it into the canon. It doesn't mean they're not from God. Perhaps at this point we could say a little bit about someone by the name of Ellen White, who was one of the founding members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And throughout her life, she died in about 1913 um, and started work with the church in the mid-1840s uh, and 50s. And she made a very valuable contribution through uh, her writings. She was a prolific writer. And I would say that she wouldn't disagree if she was alive today to say that uh, one of her main focus in writing all these books was to help people to study the Bible more for themselves. That, that's right, Ray, and uh, I think this is maybe the basis behind Julian's question um, that he's heard that Adventists do believe that, that Ellen White wrote things that had been inspired by God and that many consider her to be a prophet. Um, I think you've only got to read her books and you'll, you'll note that everything she says points towards the Bible and, and certainly fulfills those 
four tests that, that we mentioned earlier, um, I really wouldn't want to go deeply into it, but would simply say to people, if you want to give her a try, write in and we'll send you one of her books, and you're very welcome to read it for yourselves. And also, very coincidentally, next week's Bible Answer will also be on that issue from another listener that's written in from a university here in England.